0: Thank you for joining us. We pray that as you listen today, that you are encouraged and inspired, and we would love for you to connect with us on social media. Now here's today's message. I want to speak to you today on the subject, the envy of the ages. You know, it's very difficult to have full appreciation of goodness when it's happening. Looking back, is so much easier and saying, oh, that was wonderful then. But to realize that while it's happening is, is a real strain for human nature. I look back at the blessings of my youth and when I was a young man and when I was a teenager and, and the blessings that came my way. I didn't realize then. I just took them for granted. And when we sat in God's house today, in this atmosphere, it's easy just to take it for granted. But the truth is we are a blessed people, blessed beyond measure. And that's what praise is. Praise is a response to seeing your blessing now instead of reviewing it later and saying, I'm being blessed right now. So Matthew wrote these words. Luke wrote the same words. But he said, There's a have been people before you. And he said, they're not people of insignificance. He said, they're prophets. They're righteous. One place he said, they're kings. They have desired to see what you see, to hear what you hear, and they never heard that. It was denied them. I can tell you today that we might take it for granted to sit here in God's kingdom, in God's church, with God's people in this end time era and take it for granted. But the Bible said we are compassed about so great, by so great a cloud of witnesses. There are generations that have gone on before us that wanted to be you. They wanted to be you. They covet your position in life. They ask God for things that never came to them. It just was not in their dispensation, not in their time. And they're great men and women of the Bible, but they would gladly have traded places with you. And when you talk about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and you talk about prophets, both major and minor, You talk about the apostles and the things they experienced in life. No matter what they experienced, it is minimal compared to what God has made available to us in this generation. Moses experienced God in a different way, but not like I have. The Bible said that Moses asked God, said, God, show me your glory. Show me your face. Let me know you intimately. And God put him in the cleft of the rock and passed by and said, You can only see my hinder parts. You can't really see what you want to see. And yet when the dispensation of grace opened up, which is what we are a part of, things were different. Jesus Christ came to this earth And the disciples would say unto him, Philip said unto him, Lord, it's the same prayer that Moses prayed, basically. Show us the Father, and it will satisfy me. I just want to see you face to face, God. And Jesus answered and said, Have I been so long with you, and yet thou hast not known me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? He said, what you're asking for is right in front of you and you don't recognize it because the Bible declares that I am the expressed image of the invisible God and I am the only God you will ever see and I have come to reveal the nature of God that God by nature is a loving God and you see me. And so what Moses could not see You are seen. Moses again asked God when God sent him to deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt. He said, "Go, God, I'll go, but I've got to go and tell them that you sent me, and I've got to know your name, or they're not going to believe me." And God said, "Well, just tell them I am that I am sent you, but I'm not going to reveal my name." It was prophetic what God was saying, because Jesus declared himself to be the great I am when he said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the true vine. But he would not give Moses his name. Moses did as best he could, but he would have loved to be in my generation because when Jesus was with the disciples he wanted them to know who he was and he said to Peter who do men say that I am Peter rattled off a whole litany of things people that he could have been and Jesus said but who do you say that I am I say that thou art the Christ the son of the living God but the Bible tells us that the angel came unto Mary and said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. For behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. For the first time, the name of God was known among mankind. And then in Matthew 1, 20, God spoke to Joseph, the son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary the wife that which is conceived of her in the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus. That was what Moses wanted to know. What is your name? But God withheld it from Moses, but he revealed it to this dispensation of grace that you and I are in. They desired to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize in the Old Testament, nobody received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It came up on them at various times and sundry times and occasions, but they didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They desired it, but it was reserved for the dispensation of grace. But then when Jesus Christ came, he prophesied to them, he said, Believe on me as the scripture had said. Something's going to happen to you that's never happened to mankind before. The spirit that has dwelled on Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and the men and women of God of the old time, that same spirit that was on them, it's going to come in you. Friend, we are the envy of the ages. Everybody that lived, In the Old Testament before us would have rather been you. And we tend to take it for granted because we do not reach out and just draw in the promises of God that are only to this generation. They were never made to any other generation but the dispensation of grace. But praise God, Jesus talked about it emphatically. He breathed on them and said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He hadn't made that promise to anybody else. In Acts 1 and 8, just before he ascended, he said, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall have power. What was he doing? He was giving them a gift that had been withheld from mankind for 4,000 years. But he said, I'm going to give it to you now. We are the envy of the ages. They desired that power. Friend, the Bible gives us amazing promise of power. In Mark 16, 16, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. You see, I believe the promises have been made, but they have not, made, have not been manifest like they will be made manifest as the day of the Lord approaches. You have not yet realize your full ministry. You said, Pastor, I'm a totally different person than I was before I got saved. Yes, you are, but you're not what you're going to be. You know, for years we've had services and we call them healing services or Holy Spirit services. But friend, there's coming a time when it's going to dawn on those of us that are born again and saved that we are a rare breed. We are peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood that God has reserved unto us. And Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob are cheering us on and said, we wish we were you. We envy the age you live in because in this day and time, you are going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's some of you that do not yet realize what God is going to do. You're going to be at your Christmas gatherings. You're going to be at your Thanksgiving gatherings. Much of your family not saved. And there will be an immediate need for a miracle. And suddenly that Holy Spirit that's on you is going to bubble up. And you're going to realize I've come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And praise God, at Thanksgiving or at Christmas, praise God, you're going to be anointed like you've never been anointed. You've tried to share with them your testimony. It didn't take effect. But when you are there to perform a miracle in the last days, that's the reason why Jesus said, greater than these shall you do, talking about us compared to him. There is something that is reserved for this generation, and God reserved the best for the last. He didn't serve the best wine at the beginning of the wedding. The best wine was at the end of the wedding. So the best is going to be last. What I find peculiar, not that God would end up with a great crescendo. That's not what I find amazing. I find amazing that God reserved me for this time rather than the Apostle Paul. Why didn't God put me with him when he was there to correct me like he did Peter? But he didn't. He said, you are going to be so anointed in the end time. You are going to do that that is even going to be shocking to you. The power that they wanted to have is now upon you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is resident inside of us. Fear, lack of expertise and use has limited us, but it's coming We're going to learn to walk in the Spirit and operate in the Spirit. They desired, those old-time apostles and prophets desire to see the end-time drama. Don't complain because things are like they are. God has designed this drama, and he knows exactly what he's doing. No drama is anticlimactic that is good. The crowning moment is at the end of the drama, and so times are going to be worse than they've ever been. Miracles are going to be more in need than they've ever been, but suddenly you are going to be called from behind the curtain, and the light is going to shine on you, and you are going to occupy the place that Abraham or Peter or Paul would have liked to occupy. Do you know who you are? You are a special person. You have been reserved for this time reserved for this moment. You, my friend, are those that have been looked on, the envy of the ages. And they said, I want to be there, but they're not. They're simply now, the Bible said, witnesses of what is happening and what is about to happen. Every day of your life, you need to thank God that you were born in this generation, that you have found truth. Do you know how many people in this world have found truth? Not that big a percentage, but you have found the truth of the kingdom of God. You know what the majority of the population does not know. You have been filled with a spirit that most of the world has not been filled with. You are unique. You are called out. You are shaped. You are formed. You are designed for this age. You have to realize that you have come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And God is gonna be with you. He's not gonna forsake you. God's not gonna call on you to do more than you can do. When God calls you, he's going to equip you. When God calls you, he's going to anoint you. Your best days are yet ahead of you. Praise God. It's not just going to be something that we do that is minimal, but it's going to be supernatural. God is going to use you to work miracles, to save your family and your friends. They would have liked to have been on an an intimate basis with the Lord, but I can promise you no matter how close they were to God, they weren't as close to God as I am because God lives in me. How close are you to God? They desired to be in that relationship with the Lord, but I am so close to the Lord that the Lord gave me his personal language. You know, Jaden it sits here on the front seat, She's so blessed now to be able to teach and to sing. But till she was four years old, she couldn't speak English. Nothing that we could understand. But Tyler, her brother, they developed their own little language. He could understand what she meant and nobody else could because they were so close. Do you know the Bible said of this? They desired that language. But the Bible said in 1 Corinthians, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue Smeaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. When you got filled with the Holy Spirit and God gave you a personal language to talk to him, Abraham said, That's what I wanted. Moses said, That's what I wanted. But we didn't have it. I saw a couple getting married the other day. And when he said, I now pronounce you man and wife, instead of saying, he may, You may greet the bride. He said, you may exchange passwords. When, God, when, you got, when you got saved, God gave you a brand new language. Did you know that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, that the devil does not know what you're saying? Do you know when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the angels don't know what you're saying? You are on such an intimate why relationship with the Lord. Why is that? because you are the envy of the ages. God said, I'm gonna save the best to the last. I'll speak to you in a code that cannot be broken. The Lord will cause you to pray in the spirit. Oral Roberts said, that I don't know if you've been there, but it's a beautiful campus in Tulsa. He said, every building that he built in Tulsa Before he would build it, he would pray in tongues and that God would begin to speak to his spirit about building those buildings. Ladies and gentlemen, every one of you that are saved and filled with God's spirit should have a prayer language and you should use that prayer language every day. It's a great communication. The apostle Paul said, I'll pray with understanding and I'll pray in the spirit. There are things you know about that you need to pray about but there are things that the devil has designed against me that I don't even know about, but God knows about them, the Holy Spirit. And when I pray in the Holy Spirit, he is preparing me for attacks that I don't see coming, That I don't know have been formed against me. That's the reason why the weapons formed against you don't prosper is because you're in the spirit of God and you've got a personal language with God. And when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Lord undoes all of the traps of the devil. And the devil doesn't even know it because he can't understand that language. We have that personal relationship. And friend, I promise you that you are the envy of the ages. That there are great men and women before you, people that we talk about in the Bible and people that after the Bible have been such great men and women. Why would God not save Billy Graham to be the last evangelist? Apparently, one of you. Are going to be the last evangelist. Somebody in this generation is going to be the last evangelist. Why is all Roberts in heaven instead of healing the sick? Apparently, you are going to develop a ministry of healing. God's not going to be without a witness. God's not going to be without an apostle. God's not going to be without a prophet. God's not going to be without a miracle worker. And we are called under this wonderful auspicious occasion that we. Are going to be beyond ourselves because it's not in our flesh, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They envy us. They envy us. Those in ages before us envy us. And in closing, there's one other thing they envy us. People that I talk to, I, I talk to a lot of people that are sick. I talked to a lot of people that realize. Ozzy Osbourne said he's only got 10 years to live. Have you seen him? I'm surprised you got 10 minutes, Ozzy. He said this week, he said, I've only got 10 years to live. How he knows that, I don't know. And he can barely get up out of the chair. But Ozzy, he doesn't understand about, he's dreading death. I'll tell you one thing that they covet. Those that don't know Christ Those that are not filled with God's spirit, they covet our ability to deal with death. I saw one of the actors died this year, and he died spewing the most profane, filthy language that you could possibly have come out of your mouth. That's the way he died. But did you know the Bible said about us, precious, the Bible said this, precious In the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. He said, I have conquered what? Hell, grave, death. I've conquered them all. When you see the beggar, Lazarus, laying at the gate of Dives, the rich man, just receiving crumbs, that rich man fared sumptuously every day, but he was afraid to die. The Bible said when Lazarus died, The angels came. That's exactly what I want, is angels for my pallbearers. When Lazarus died, the angels came. Friend, you can get this thing so deep inside of you that you don't fear hell, you don't fear the grave, you don't feel death, you don't fear life, you don't fear demons. You don't fear man. You just don't have fear because you know greater is he that's in you than anything else. And so when Lazarus died, the angels came. But when the rich man died, the Bible said, he begged God. He said, send Lazarus and just let him dip his finger in the water. What's that tell you? That tells you if you die without God, there's no water. Tells you if you die in God, Lazarus had access to water. He said, just dip his finger in touch. God said, that's not possible. He said, then send him back to my brothers and warn them not to come here. You see, they covet even the way we die. My friend in Indiana Pastor in Shelbyville, Indiana for so many years. His son was now the pastor and he was an old man. I loved Brother Kavnis. He looked over to his son and he said, they're driving down the road in a car. He said, son, I'm going to be leaving you now. He said, what dad? He said, I'm going to be leaving you now. He said, take care of the saints. Put his hands together, put them on his chest, looked up and said, father, Into thy hands I commit my spirit. Put his chin on his chest, stepped into glory. You can die just like that. You don't have to fear death. Death is not the end. Death is the beginning. And everybody that does not know Jesus, they covet it because we are the envy of the ages. There's nobody like us. Look what the Lord has done for you. Look what the Lord has done in your life. Look what the Lord is still doing. Look what the Lord is about to do. Oh, celebrate what God has done. Celebrate who you are and celebrate that God has kept you alive for this very moment. Would you stand together with me? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. The devil wants you to be afraid. The devil wants you to overdose on news and bad news. But you don't have to. Because God is an ever-present help in the time of need. No matter what's going on in this world, if you'll get right with the Lord, He'll guide you a step to the left, two steps to the right. God will guide you. And what is a curse to other people will be a blessing to you. What's fearful to other people will build your faith. What's depressing the others will be joy unspeakable to you. Friend, I ask you, as the angels of heaven look at you, as the apostles and prophets and saints of days gone by look at you, can pass about by this great cloud of witnesses, do they look at you and are they urging you on? Send, take advantage of who you are. Take advantage of where you are. And take advantage of what time it is.